Okay, it's time for a new episode of Dumb Stupid Talking with me, Lucas Shea, and my sister and co-host, Devin Shea. Nice. Yeah. I'm always impressed when we get this, like, the timing just right. (laughs) Okay. Uh, All right. So, let's start it off with what's become a habit. Our guest canceled. Scott Bayo was supposed to come on today to talk about how to be a great actor, from Chachi to Charles, all his great (laughs) acting roles. (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, Scott Bale, he played Chachi and he played Charles and he played, uh, well, I guess that's about it. Yep. Um, he played himself in a reality show. Mm-hmm. And, um, anyway, Scott could not make it. He couldn't get anyone to cover his shift at Walmart. So was he, was he in celebrity rehab? Was that one of his roles? I I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know what he's been up to. Uh, I know he had a press conference recently where he announced he was moving out of California and California was like, good. <laughs> and um, did you see that? No, I didn't see he, that. He really did. He, you know, he he came out as a big Trump supporter. And like a lot of these washed up has been actors like James Woods and Kevin Sorbo and uh, oh. Kirstie Alley, I'm afraid to say. Um, they kind of came out and just supported Trump. And that's how they got back in the news because oh. they were... Talking about Trump. Trump. Yeah. And um, anyway. So now they moved to Florida? Actually, I think uh, Bayo said he was going to move to Texas, which makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, A lot of of people from California have moved to Texas. A lot of the um, really staunch conservatives, Mm -hmm. because they say California has gotten too liberal. Uh, Um, So they moved to Texas where mass shootings are out of control, as you know. Yeah, but, you know, they didn't want to live in that California where they have, like, abortions on every corner and people are smoking pot, you know, just down at the Dairy Queen. they had a taco Queen. truck on every corner. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, okay, that sounded a little racist. No, but did, don't you remember when Trump said that? Um, what did he say? About taco trucks? Wasn't he? I like tacos. I can't remember if it was him or another politician that was like, you know, if the other guy gets elected, you know what's going to happen. Immigration is going to it's going to be open borders, and you're going to have a taco truck on every corner. And I'm like, why is that a bad thing? I like tacos. I like tacos. They're so you're saying that there'll people. be more of those trucks? Uh, what's the yeah. problem? Yeah. Right. And and they're moving to Texas, where they're supposedly overrun with immigration. Well, I mean, the, they're have, claiming they're just yeah. There's well, no border the, practically. That you know, people are just swarming there. They've got they got very loose gun laws there, and basically, you can be a total fuck up and still get elected as a politician there if, you, if you're a Republican. That's true. I mean, it seems like in Florida now too. Ridiculous. Anyway, anyway. really got way off the. <laughs> we did. Sorry, Scott Bale. Scott Bale. Yeah. Anyway, so hopefully, if he can get someone to cover his shift next week, maybe we can reschedule him. Okay. Okay. Anyway, uh, my review. Okay, okay, finally, I'm going to do it. I'm going to review Severance, okay. which I kept putting off because I was reviewing other stuff. So mm-hmm. Severance on Apple TV, the mm-hmm. streaming channel you got rid of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you? I haven't heard the end of it, but it. go ahead. No, no, I don't have the, I still don't have it. Okay, well, you got to binge watch the show before you get rid of it. Okay. Severance stars Adam Scott, Patricia Arquette, John Turturro. Mm-hmm. Christopher Walken has a small part in it. Oh, Good cast. Um, and uh, a bunch of other actors that I don't really know their names offhand, and I can't really mm-hmm. give you their resume. But anyway, the show, the premise of the show is this company has this thing where if you work for them, they implant this device in your head. And when you go to work, basically, there's like a switch in your head where you become a different person. Oh, I wanted to see that. I am going to have to reorder Apple TV. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. No, it's, it's great. Yeah, essentially... Your work life and your home life is completely severed. Mm-hmm. When you're at work, you don't remember anything of the outside world. You don't remember who you were or, or if you're married or if you have kids or anything about your outside life. Uh-huh. It's like you just kind of wake up and you're at work. Huh. And then when you leave at the end of the day, it's the switch kind of goes off and you return to your normal. And you don't remember anything of what happened at work. Does so it you, happen when you walk out the door? Yeah. It's when you go in... You go in the elevator, you go down, and like it's it's like when you're in the elevator, it kind of switches on. It's kind of like see. there's like a a field or something that uh-huh. you know kind of activates it. I see. So Adam Scott is a guy who's been working there for a while. You don't really know how long. Um, mm-hmm. New employee comes on, 
and she does not like it there. She wants to leave. Because she feels like it's prison. It's like, okay, all we do is we just work all day and we, yeah. you know. Yeah. Because, I mean, just imagine, like, if you, every time you woke up, mm-hmm. you're at work. Yeah, kind of funny yeah. about that. But, yeah, go ahead. Right. And then, you know, basically, when you leave work, you're essentially, you're asleep. It's like your your life ends. Yeah. To some of these people, I mean, like Adam Scott's character, he's really depressed. His wife died a few years before. He just spends all his spare time drinking, feeling sorry for himself. So for him, it's a way to kind of go to work and just not have stop those all memories. That stuff. Yeah. yeah. So my problem is I work remote, so so it's true for me. I wake up and I'm at work, <laughs> you know, and then at night I just, you yeah. know. At the end of work day, there's still more work. But okay, go ahead. Well, Sorry. I mean, the good thing about this is that it's just essentially that one shift. But yeah, it's uh, and the thing is, the the people don't really know what they're doing. They work on computers and they they move uh-huh. numbers into like little boxes. Uh-huh. They don't really know what they're doing. They don't know anything about the company. They don't. They just do their job. Oh. And they have like little bonuses. They can have a a a, a breakfast party. <laughs> uh, they could have like five fun. minutes of music Oops. if they reach certain goals. Uh-huh. Um, you know, different things like that. It's it's weird, but so Patricia Arquette is the boss, uh-huh. and you don't really know what she knows. It's like, does she? Yeah, remember? does she have that same thing? Or yeah, right. But she kind of runs everything. Um, anyway, so is this an ongoing series or just a movie or what? No, it's a series. Uh, I think it was ten episodes. And it ends on a cliffhanger. Oh, I hate those. But they are doing a season two, and I think it's going to come out at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So uh, my favorite part, John Turturro and Christopher Walken have a flirtatious relationship <laughs> at work. Huh. And the two of them are such good actors that it's like it really comes across as believable. You can see really see why these two guys like each other and uh-huh. kind of like sneak away to kind of spend time with each other when they're at work. Oh, my God. I gotta um, watch it now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really interesting. There's there's a lot of little subplots and mm-hmm. mysteries going on, and a lot of weird things happen to work at the job. Uh, a lot of a lot, a lot of plot reveals and plot twists um, later in the series. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I really liked it. It's different. Yeah, it's you can't really okay. say it's like anything else. And sometimes I kind of felt like, okay, do they even know where they're going with this story? <laughs> Yeah, it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, there were there were scenes in it that kind of remind me a little bit of Twin Peaks, where like they just mm-hmm. kind of throw something in, and you're like, "What is yeah. this now? Why is yeah. there a goat walking around?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, "What is the meaning?" Right. I, so, <laughs> and maybe it's just thrown in to be weird. Maybe it's going to all tie into something. We don't, yeah. we don't really know yet. We only have one season, but yeah, I, I I really liked it. It was interesting, so you should check it out. Okay, I'll check it out. Okay, do you want to hear my review? Yes, please. Okay, so my review is, it's going to be a short one. So you remember I told you about Love and Death and the story of Candy Montgomery and how she, you know, killed Betty, whatever her name was. Yeah, but don't give uh, any... uh, No, uh, no, I won't. Spoilers. So we watched the last episode last night. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I finished watching it too. Okay, so on Hulu, they have the same story... And it's supposedly told from a different point of view. Um, Jessica Biel plays Candy oh, Montgomery. I thought you were going to say the axe. <laughs> no, that's a good one. Um, it's on Hulu. And my review is don't watch it. It It is not worth it. I couldn't even get through the first episode. Um, whereas Love and Death had such a great backstory. It just really mm-hmm. told the whole, you know, kind of backstory. Well, the one was, in, on Hulu starts off with the day of the killing. And so you wait, don't know. Is, is that a series or a movie? It's a series. Okay. So, a, so, the, so there's two series with this. Because I thought series. for some reason I thought yeah. the other one was a movie. But they did a series too. Okay. They did a series too. But it's, it's first of all, Jessica Biel is not believable as Candy Montgomery. Okay. <laughs> she just isn't. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Olsen played it so much better. Mm-hmm. Um in this one, um, Candy Montgomery is seen as kind of this pushy, overachiever, um, you know, not really a church kind of person, but more like one of these pushy women who's got to be in everybody's business and just feels like, you know, she can do anything she wants kind of thing. And that's not my problem with the series. My problem with the series is 
the acting sucks so bad. You just cannot even get into the story itself. And they start mm-hmm. off, they make her husband look stupid. They make, <laughs> they make. Well, I got to tell you, he didn't look very smart in the other series. Well, that's true. But in this one, you're like, he is a moron. He right. is like a total moron. And the guy she supposedly had an affair with, Alan, in this one, they make him look like a real idiot. So you're thinking to yourself, why would she even go with this guy? <laughs> he is a moron. But um, the worst part was the acting. There was just, it just was not believable at all. And Is, is Jessica Biel the biggest name in this Show? Yes, yes, she is. Okay, so and that's not saying much for the rest of the show. It really isn't. Um, it's just not even worth watching. So if you if you want to know the story, watch the other one, the one I told you about originally, Love and Death, and um, that at least has a decent beginning, middle, and end. Whereas um, the one on Hulu just has sort of this rambling, stupid story. <laughs> so it starts with the murder and then what flashes back or it just kind of it doesn't even. On? It doesn't even really show you the murder. It shows her going into the house, coming out of the house, and she seems a little frazzled. That's it. She goes home. She does her laundry. She uh, gets Mm -hmm. back in the car. She goes to the kid's puppet show. And you're like, (laughs) okay, what happened? You know, you you didn't show us anything. They don't even show you talking to her, talking to poor Betty. But they make Betty be this fat, frumpy housewife Mm -hmm. who just sits around the house um eating while her husband's yeah yeah, practically letting her baby cry um she doesn't like to hear the baby so she gets the vacuum out and starts vacuuming one spot so the baby shuts up and they just (laughs) they just make the story almost like this woman deserved it you know so right yeah it's just it's just not worth seeing. I don't like their take on anything. And the acting was really bad. So so that's my review. Skip that one. Watch <laughs> Love and Death. Much better acting. Yeah. Uh, much better story. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I already saw the story. I really had no plans to watch the other one. But uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Definitely skip that one. All right. I was just interested in it because it said it was going to be kind of from the other point of view. And I'm thinking, okay, I'd like to hear, you know, the other point of view. I, I was assuming it was Betty and Alan's side of things. But no, the other point of view was what if Candy wasn't such a great church going person? She was just some busybody housewife who got in people's business and thought she knew everything. And Jessica Beale didn't even play that well. So, uh, yeah. you know. You know, I never really understood her acting career. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to badmouth her. I don't. I don't want. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. What is she doing that she's like bringing something special to the world? Because what what does she do that a, a thousand other actresses can't do? I haven't right. seen her in anything that I liked her in. So, not anything. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think of like stuff she's had. She usually plays some supporting role in something, and mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's all forgettable. Uh, yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why people are like, get Jessica Biel on the phone. <laughs> I've seen her in a couple of things where at the end of it, I've said to myself, why did I waste that time? <laughs> you know, <laughs> why did I yeah. waste my time with this? So, yeah, yeah now I'm going to avoid her and anything. That bad, huh? That bad, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, that was that. That was that. Uh, all right. Um, going to do something different. No commercial today. I'm just going to talk about something I like. Okay. Lavazza coffee. And what is that? Because that coffee sounds good. I love coffee. <laughs> it's an Italian coffee. I get the dark roast. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I've tried different coffees. I like it. It's my favorite. Um, you can get it in supermarkets. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you like about it? It just has a rich, full-body taste. <laughs> it's not one of those where the the something eats it and then shits it out. And no, no, some monkeys no, no, get it. And... No, and it's not that that really that weird one coffee or whatever. Yeah, I know yeah. what you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it, but no, it's not that. It's just a regular Italian coffee company. Uh-huh. Um, I've tried different ones. I don't know. I, I, I picked it up. I was at the Italian market one day this is years ago mm-hmm. and they had a couple of different coffees. And I was like, well, I'm going to try something different because I'm, I'm tired of like Folgers and Maxwell mm-hmm. House. And mm-hmm. uh, I never really liked Starbucks coffee. Mm-hmm. I do like Dunkin Donuts coffee. 
Mm-hmm. But I want to try something different. So I tried a couple of brands from this Italian market, and this was my favorite so far. Mm-hmm. They advertise. You ever watch Seinfeld's comedians and cars getting coffee or whatever the hell it is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they always show Lavazza. Like they always show like they're they're making a cup cup of coffee and then they have the Lavazza name, right? Uh-huh. Oh. So okay, but they're not really always drinking that coffee because Sherry's going to like different restaurants with these people, right? Right. They're going to like Joe's Diner in Newark. Uh-huh. I'm sure they don't have Lavazza coffee there. Yeah. Yeah. But Lavazza, I guess, is a sponsor of the show. So you just see their name. I always find it interesting when like they sit down, they order coffee, and then you see them with the Lavazza logo on the pot and they're pouring the coffee. I'm like, well, that's like a different location a thousand miles away that they're filming that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, Jerry's getting like Maxwell House probably mm-hmm. in, in his cup. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't know why I brought that up. I just thought it was funny. So, um, but anyway, I like their coffee. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to mention something I like because I don't have a commercial to do today. And okay. we don't have any sponsors. So, okay. you know, All I right. like that. Okay. So, um, I've got instead of a rant. Yeah. So was that your, instead of a rant, you were just going to talk about that? No, that was instead of the commercial. I do have a rant. Oh, okay. Okay. Because instead of my rant, I was going to talk about women traveling alone. So, but go ahead and do your rant and then I'll talk about women traveling alone. Okay. Well, now I'm curious. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Quick rant. Uh, It's kind of built off of what we talked about last week, which was um, my rant about prison. Right. I wanted to talk about getting out and the lack of support services, services support. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is I'm not going to go really in depth. I'm just I'm mm-hmm. sure people are like, look, you get out of prison. You should just be happy to be out of prison. But the problem is that when you get out. It's almost like they it's designed to, like, help you go back in. Right. When I was in prison, I would see guys come back all the time. And I would think, yeah, hell, you were out of here. Why would you do anything to come back? Right. I think it's because, and I had uh, a psychologist describe this to me inside. It was this guy I would go talk to about once a year, not because I was getting therapy, but just because mm-hmm. I liked the guy. He seemed to be the only intelligent person working there at that prison. And he had a good sense of humor. And sometimes I go down in his office and we just kind of sit and bullshit for like an mm-hmm. hour or two. So once a year, I'd go down and just check in with him and just say hi. And mm-hmm. So he said, uh, and sometimes I just run things by him. I'm like, I don't understand why it's this, this. And he's like, I know. <laughs> so um, anyway, it was like one of the few people, intelligent people and rational people I could talk to on the inside. So that's why mm-hmm. I like talking to him. Mm-hmm. But he described it as it was like stepping into a foreign country when he, when he came to work. Yeah. And he said, I, I come here and. It's a different culture. It's different customs. It's it's even a different language in some respects because things mean different things inside than they do on the outside. Right. Um, like inside, if you say someone's your boy, mm-hmm. basically you're saying that that's your boyfriend. That's your you uh-huh. know, the guy you have a relationship with in there. Whereas uh-huh. outside, if you know, you say, "Oh yeah, that's my boy." It's like, no, that's you, know, like you just mean like your friend, yeah. Uh, calling someone a punk inside is like basically a real big insult. Oh, things like that. So on the outside, you know, punk could be like punk rocker, you know, oh yeah, you're a punk inside. If you're a punk, it's basically saying you're someone's boy. Oh, so, so it's things like that. I, anyway, it is a different culture. It's a different, it's like being in a different country when you're inside and it takes a while to get used to it. And then when Mm -hmm. you get used to it, Mm-hmm. When you get out, it's like basically like you're leaving Mexico to go back to live in the United States after yeah. being in Mexico for years. You know, you've, you've gotten used to the way things work there. Yeah. Now and you now have to relearn, relearn right. everything. Yeah. And some guys just can't adjust or, or they don't adjust quickly enough. So when they get out, it's just too easy to fall back into the same routines because and inside you're basically always trying to find ways to break the rules without getting caught because... Mm-hmm. You want to live comfortably inside. You want to have certain food that you can't always get access to. You want to have certain, um, I mean, there's certain things they don't allow you to have inside. And you're like, well, why not? And there's, oh, that's just the rules. You can't have that. Yeah. So you find ways to sneak things in. You know, one guy snuck in a DVD player. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I remember you telling me. I remember you yeah. telling me too that you had to relearn. Like if somebody bumped into you on the outside, that it wasn't that big a deal. But on the inside, that was like that would be a big deal. Well, on so, the inside, uh, mm-hmm. locking eyes with somebody, it's like a challenge. Oh, right. Yeah. If someone sort of uh, makes eye contact with you on the inside, mm-hmm. you right away you're like you got to put your defenses up because you're like, what the fuck is he coming over here to kill me? Mm-hmm. Is he coming over here to fight? Mm-hmm. Is he got a problem with me? You know, and also it's like a sign of disrespect too. Yeah. And guys that have been down for a long time, you mm-hmm. just don't do that. Yeah. Not unless you're looking to start trouble. So when you come out on the outside and someone makes eye contact, you're right away you're like, what the fuck? What are you, what are you looking at? Yeah. Um, and they might just want to ask you directions. To yeah, they might there. be like, uh, do you yeah. know Joe Smith from... Uh, um, <laughs> Aren't you Harry's cousin? Yeah, I know you. we go to school you. together? Yeah. Why are you hitting me? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a different thing on the outside. So, yeah, you you got to relearn everything. Yeah. And they don't really give you, there's no, there's no transition program. They don't really give you time. You're just kind of like, you're out. Okay, now you're expected to uh, get a job, get a place to live, mm-hmm. get a bank a account, of, you know, everything. A lot of and meanwhile, pressure. you're Right, yeah. and you're trying to figure out how everything works again. Get your license. I remember that was a big thing. You had to get your ID and everything. Yeah. Yeah, well, the, the big thing there was, um, if you, I mean, you remember, I'm sure, that I yeah. got out, I didn't have any ID because yeah. I'd been in for a while. All my stuff got Expired. lost. Or, yeah. Right. Um, and I didn't have anything. And I got out, and it's like, it's hard to get anything without identification. Right. So, uh, yeah, you got a birth certificate, but, you know, you need something else in order to get um, a driver's license or a picture ID. Yeah. And you can't get a job without one of those things. Yeah. And the other thing would be getting jobs. Right. So they're always yeah. like, oh, yeah, you got to be honest. You got to let them know. I'm going to tell you right now, if, if you Don't go apply a- for a job and you're like, I'm on parole. Yeah. They're going to be like, you know, that's great. I'm glad you're rebuilding your life. They're not going to hire you. Yeah. Why would they? They got 10 people right behind you that haven't been on parole and want the job. Right. Well, when you're inside and you get ready to get out, they're always telling the counselor was telling you, listen, they get tax breaks if they hire people who just yeah. got out of prison. So so tell them that and tell and then your parole officer might show up there, too. So you want them to, you want to be honest with them about it. Yeah. And the problem is when you get out, I, I always saw like when I mentioned it during an interview, I could always see like their eyes glaze over. They're like. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's yeah. great. I'm glad you're out and you're doing better. Well, um, they yeah. never called back. It was yeah. only when I stopped talking about it that I started getting more interest and I started getting hired for things. Yeah. And even then, like if I, if my parole officer had been a dick and decided to come down to my work, like some mm-hmm. of them do, yeah, that would have been it. I would have been out of a job. Yeah. And some of those parole officers do that. They're like, I want to make sure you're working where you say you're working. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show up down there. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of like a, a two-edged sword. Well, because even if they accepted the fact that you're on parole and they're like, okay, yeah, we're gonna hire this guy, they don't want some parole officer coming down in the middle of the workday disturbing the work, right? right? Why would they? Right. It's just too easy for guys to like get caught back up into the old lifestyle and then wind up going back. And also sometimes it's just it's a more comfortable way of life for them because then that's all they know now. Yeah. So to them going back, isn't that big a deal. Cause they're like, they're going back to a life that they're, they've become familiar with. Do you think people who were in there a short time have an easier time transitioning back out or yes. did you see, so they, they're less likely to come right back in. Yes. Uh, if, well, I think that's why a lot of those guys like, um, what someone said to me one time he's like it's it's going to take you about two years to get adjusted yeah huh. and he was right i didn't really believe it i was like there's no way i'm ever going to get adjusted to this life yeah. and he was right because the first two years you're kind of fighting against it you're like no 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 it's like you know you're in the middle of a foreign country and you're like no no no. i'm going to speak my language i'm not going to learn your language mm-hmm. you guys need to adapt to me yeah you know i'm an american damn it yeah <laughs> uh, i'm american <laughs> American. Right. That's I right. want ketchup on my hamburger. I That's don't want right. this hot sauce. <laughs> or mayonnaise. Yeah. What is yeah. that? Yeah. So 
you're you're fighting against it. Why can't I have? Why can't I just have books sent into me? Why do I have to go through this whole thing where I order through this and third party and yeah, you know, uh, why can't I have more than five pairs of underwear? I don't understand. Yeah, right. Yeah. Things like yeah. that. You're always like you constantly arguing, fighting, and 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 you don't. It's like you're banging your head against the wall because they're all like, these are the rules. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. Yeah, you know. Yeah, we fought to get ice cream in there. Yeah. Um. We want them to sell ice cream. So they're like, okay. And because people would come from other prisons and be like, well, they sold ice cream at the place I was at. I don't know why they can't do it here. They just put a freezer in the commissary. And then when you go get your commissary, you just get a pint of ice cream. Nice. So we argued and argued and fought for it. For, so finally, like we got a warden that was like, okay, sure. But here's what we're going to do. Um, you're going to buy a ticket. Mm-hmm. And then uh, twice a month, we'll come around with the cart. Mm-hmm. And you give us the ticket, and we'll give you the ice cream out of the cart. They have like a little, like one of those little ice cream carts. Uh huh. We're gonna go to nice. each building, right? Uh huh. So, it's, it's you're like, laughing. Why? Well, I'm laughing because it's like, okay, why can't you just sell it out of the commissary? Oh, there's no room over there. Yeah. Why? I mean, you got room for all the other stuff. Why can't yeah. you just put the cart over there and just let us buy it when we go to the store? Yeah. Maybe we don't want ice cream at nine o'clock at night. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because that's when they're bringing the cart around. They're going to bring it around nine o'clock at night. Yeah. So, and then it's like if you forget to buy the ticket, you're screwed. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, when they bring the cart around, can I just? No, you can't pay for it then. You got to have the ticket. Okay. What if you then lost they, the so, ticket? <laughs> well, you had a choice of flavors. It was uh, vanilla, chocolate, strawberry, and flavor of the month, and you never knew what the flavor of the month was going to be. Uh huh. So if you get flavor of the month and it's like mm-hmm. whatever this month it could be peanut butter flavor right Ew. yeah or rocky road or whatever and if you get it and you're like okay well I changed my mind I uh, I didn't know it was gonna be rocky road I'd rather have the chocolate no the ticket is for flavor of the month that's what you get oh oh you got to say on the ticket what you want yeah so they know how much to bring I guess. I guess, but they always had ice cream left over. You know? Did they? Yeah. Yeah. And you couldn't buy more than one ticket. So if you want to eat two pints of ice cream, uh-huh. which some guys did because uh-huh. you don't get ice cream all the time, uh-huh. too bad. So they would make deals with the guys. Hey, you buy a ticket and I'll I'll give you this for it and, you know, this way. And then you get that. It's uh-huh. like, okay, dude, whatever. Right. Yeah. And I got to tell you, sometimes um, they would forget to go to a building. <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh. Like they bring the cart around and guys are like looking out the door, like, okay, they're going to building five right now. Mm-hmm. So they'll be coming here next. Well, then mm-hmm. whatever. They forget to go there. Yeah. <laughs> Those guys would want to like tear down the walls. Oh. You know? Yeah. Um, well, it's too late, you know. Better luck next time. <laughs> we we forgot. We forgot to hit your building. We'll go there next time. Yeah. Um, one of the guards actually like took a pint of ice cream and got fired because they saw him walking, walking down the sidewalk, eating, it. and they're like, "Where'd you get that ice cream?" He's like, oh, "You know, uh, you, you're not an inmate. You didn't buy that." Oh, <laughs> he, got, he got fired for that. But anyway, it was just stupid shit like that. So yeah, um, you, you spend two years just kind of like going, "I don't understand. This doesn't make any sense. Why are you doing it this way?" Uh-huh. Oh, by the way, we we got eventually got another warden that came in and was like, "No, we're not selling ice cream anymore. Mm. We're gonna we're gonna stop doing that." <laughs> so just kind of contrary rules that you finally have to just give in and say, okay, well, that's the rules. <laughs> yeah. Well, he also got rid of the dog program we had too. They were, they were, um, some of the guys were, were able to take in dogs into their cell and they were training the dogs for the yeah. uh, customs department. I thought that was, was a great deal. Yeah, we thought so. But then the warden came in and he's like, no, we're getting rid of that. We're getting rid of this. So I remember a guy who had left, came back, and mm-hmm. he's asking, he's like, they got rid of the dog program? And I go, yeah, and they got rid of it. He goes, well, at least we still got ice cream, right? <laughs> <laughs> I go, oh, no. uh, I hate nope. to tell you, buddy. But, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. But, but then that warden leaves, and the next warden comes in, and he brought everything back. He brought the dog program back. He brought the ice cream back. And so it's it all depends on the warden you get. And yeah. wardens don't stick around more than a year or two. Huh. They're always trying to Go shift on, huh? out somewhere. They, they always want to... Yeah go somewhere else they always want to like i don't know what they're working towards uh governor I, they're working towards governor <laughs> yeah so they wardens never seem to last more than a couple of years but anyway my point is is that there really is no program to sort of help people get adjusted to life on the street you kind of just 
kicked out and thrown yeah. out on the street and that's it um okay. yeah you, you're kind of like sink or swim yeah it's kind of like so. figure it out while you're out there yeah try not to make a mistake and end up back in because as soon as you break parole anything right any any sort of speed and charge or anything they can throw you right back in yeah you go back in and even if they find you not guilty of the charge they could still mm-hmm. violate your parole yeah which will get you thrown back in anyway yeah. Because all the good time you accumulated while you were locked up, it kind of comes back on you. So Yeah. Anyway, that's anyway. my rant. I feel like there should be more programs to kind of help people get adjusted again. Yeah. Um, and not so much halfway houses, but maybe just sort of just programs in general. Yeah. I agree because you want people to be able to kind of instead of getting out and being this like thug from prison that just doesn't know their way around, you want them to kind of just slowly get adjusted and be able to contribute to society again, instead of just, you know, I'm out, I can't figure this out. So I'm just going to do something and get sent back in. Yeah. Well, it's the way it yeah. is. And I'm sure there's people out there going to be like, Oh yeah, boohoo. So, uh, you know, you got it tough. Don't break the law. Yeah. Right. Well, like, yeah, but you know, like I said, you, you do your time, you get out and you say, you want to go straight. You want to be a good, you know, support system for people but if you can't because you don't have the the tools then what are you going to do and believe me i don't want them on the street you know (laughs) lock eyes with somebody and they're like you want to fight you'll be like (laughs) no no not at all i was just admiring your haircut sorry you know (laughs) (laughs) anyway yeah and um i mean it was a lot of that too but also, it's just uh, things change while you're locked up and you're not really aware of it because you're sort of you're in a closed society inside. Yeah. Um, a lot of things. I mean, I had never been on the Internet before. I didn't really I didn't know how cell phones worked. I saw them in movies, but yeah. I didn't know what they were. I we didn't have those when I got locked up. I remember you telling me you didn't you didn't believe in the movies when people would throw their phone away. Their cell phone. <laughs> you, you didn't no, believe guy, that they did that. I, I was talking to a guy and he's like, uh. He said something. He's like, I'm, I was always losing my phone. He, he, and I'm like, well, what, what, you know, where, how do you get another one? He's like, I just go to 7-Eleven and get another one. I'm like, you can't get cell phones at 7-Eleven. <laughs> He's like, no, disposable phones. I'm like, what is that? I'm, yeah, yeah. I I'd never heard of that. I didn't see that in movies. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Don't now you see it, it up. I was like, you don't get, you can't get a phone at 7-Eleven. <laughs> you can get everything there. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So yeah, he was. He told me that one. But he, yeah, he, um, he was yeah. funny. That dude left. You know, when guys are getting ready to get out, basically they give all the shit away. Yeah. This guy took everything with him. Yeah. He took his little five-inch TV with him. Huh. He t- he took the free soap they gave him in there. Like they, they <laughs> every week they give you a roll of toilet paper and like five little bars of soap, right? Like, like uh-huh. little hotel size bars of soap. Uh huh. He saved him up. He huh. took that shit with him when he left. I'm thinking to myself, you really need soap that bad that you got to take all that with you? Maybe he's going to sell it. <laughs> and before he left, I'm like, what are you going to do with the TV? Like, I'm taking it with me. Why? Why would you want a five-inch TV on the outside? Yeah. That's right? a little weird. Yeah. That's true. I guess he had nothing. So he just, yeah. everything he could take with him, he wanted to take with him. But um, yeah, I thought that was odd. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm sure he's fine. Oh. <laughs> anyway. anyway all right okay that's my rant all right okay so mine is educational piece and it's about women traveling alone um you know mainly uh, like I, i've watched different movies and and not even just that but i've traveled with people and just some of the stupid mistakes people make when traveling especially yeah. women traveling alone I don't know if they're just so used to traveling with people who protect them or what, but um, I've had to travel a lot for my, for business, for my work. And so I'm used to, okay, I'm, I didn't grow up streetwise, but you know, we grew up in a, in an area and with parents that made sure we knew how to protect ourselves pretty much. Yeah. But um, so just some different advice for women that are traveling alone. Um, one of the things, some of it's just general advice, because I'll tell you, like traveling on an airplane, I know a lot of times they're having problems on airplanes now with people, but, um, 
you know, fighting over your seat is, I just think, ridiculous. Um, right. Yeah. You know, some people say, oh, sit on the aisle. This way you can get out quicker. Other people say, no, sit, sit by the window. Um, nobody wants to sit in the middle, which, hey, that's okay with me. I hated sitting in the middle seat. Sometimes you have no choice and you're next to like 300 pounds, somebody on one side and uh, a guy next to you who's got his knees spread, you know, past your your section of the of the seat and it's just crowding you. Yeah. But um, I always hated sitting on the aisle because when they come up and down with those carts, they're always bumping into you. So <laughs> it's true. If your legs hanging out, yeah, they yeah. just, you know, your arm on the armrest, they'll knock into you. Um, yeah. And that stuff hurts. And, you know, if your your legs open a little too in the, into the aisle, they'll, you know, they trip on you. So I always get the window seat. And um, especially with, I have a, a bad left arm. So I always like to protect it against the window. And I try to sit on the left side of the plane. Mm-hmm. So um I always like that. I can lean my head against the window and go to sleep during the flight. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people are like, no, I want to get off first. You know, as soon as they stop that plane, I'm jumping out of my seat. I'm getting my luggage. I'm going to be out the door. Well, yeah, but you're still going to have to wait for everybody in front of you to get off the plane. That's number one. People in first class get off the plane first. And then if you have luggage that's checked you're just going to walk downstairs and wait at the gla- carriage cell and just wait for your luggage to come anyway. So I figure, why rush? I let everybody get off the plane first. Then I get myself. I walk calmly down. By then, maybe the luggage is there. Maybe not. Yeah. Sometimes I still had to wait. But, you know, so why jump up right away unless you're running to catch another flight, in which case you're stupid for, for having them that close together that you have to run in between right. flights. Because, you know, delays, if our plane landed late, you've already missed your other connection. So yeah. I always would try to get at least an hour, hour and a half between flights so that I didn't have to run. Okay, so that's the plane. Um, when you get to well, where but you that's, go. That's more yeah. like a, uh, I mean, that's not just being a, a woman traveling alone, though. That's just right. sort of being just, a, an air traveler, though. That's just kind that's of good true. common tips. But okay. But yeah. That's true. Um, so another one is um, taxis. So you get off. I've had to travel to other places that I don't know. Like, you know, say I go to Minnesota. I go to St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, I don't know how far it is from the airport to the hotel. And so say I had to take a taxi. Well, Mm -hmm. I don't want the guy that's driving the taxi to to rip me off. You know, oh, yeah, that's going to be $50 to get that. You know, and it's like around the block or something. But I don't know where he's going when he's driving. So what I do is... Inside at the information desk, I ask them first, how much do you think it's going to cost me to get to such and such a hotel? And that's, first of all, a lot of hotels have complimentary pickup at the airport. So if you can do that, do that. But if they don't, if you're going someplace maybe that doesn't have that, maybe it's, you know, a half hour out of the way or whatever. I always go in and ask them, how much how much are they going to charge me to get to the hotel? And then they'll tell me, oh, probably that's probably 30 bucks or, you know, 25, 50 bucks, whatever it is. So -hmm. then I go outside and I ask one of the taxis how much to get to such and such a hotel. And I see what they say. If they're saying about the same price, I say, okay. If they're giving me some other price, I'll take a different taxi and ask them, okay, how much are you going to charge me to go to such and such a place? Have you ever said no to somebody and they're like, as you start to walk away, they're like, wait, 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 wait. Uh, yes. And then I won't go with them because you don't, you can't trust them. Right. You, you know, they were going to rip you off. Right. So I have had that. But, um, you know, usually uh, if you if you at least know what a, it's supposed to be about and then you go and and they say, OK, it's going to be about 20 bucks because, you know, you never know. If it might end up being 25 or whatever. Yeah. Um, OK, then that's fine. Then I'll get in and, you know, go from there. But <laughs> I also don't take the ones who are standing around outside saying, do you need a ride? Do you need a ride? Do you need a ride? No, no. Go to the taxi stand, yeah. you know, go to the actual, you know, legal taxi stand where they're there and they're supposed to have licenses to drive from the airport. So that's yeah. another thing. Um, OK, so another thing is money. So when you're traveling and you're bringing money with you, don't put it all in one place. If your bag gets robbed, your money's mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. I, I would put money in my shoe. 
I'd put money inside my sock. I'd put money in my bra. I'd put money just all over different places so that if I was robbed, they just got some money. They don't have all my money. Yeah. Um, Don't put it in your luggage because your luggage could get stolen. But yeah, I would always put some money just all over. When you're walking and you're holding your purse, don't swing it from your hand. Don't swing your purse from your hand. Uh, People can just come up, grab it, and keep running. I always put it on my shoulder. I hold it tight. And I walk with my arm that's holding the purse close to the wall or at least towards the wall. If I'm walking with other people, then I have it close to the other people. Because if you've got it on the outside, again, somebody could come up, grab it off your shoulder and keep running. Yeah. So just, but even at that, if you've got your money stashed all different places, then, you know, you still, you're not totally without money. Um, so that's, that's another tip. Um, if you're alone at the hotel and you're walking to your car, keep your keys in your hand. Okay. Keep them mm-hmm. visible and keep your keys in your hand. If somebody starts walking up to you, turn towards them and show them you've got keys in your hand, because I've had people walk up behind me really quick And I turned around to face them with my keys and they stopped. And then they said, oh, do you know where Anderson Place is? And we were on Anderson Place. Okay. So I said, yeah, "Yeah, it's right behind you. So I don't know why this person was walking straight up to me that quickly. I wasn't sure what they were going to do. But you know what? I didn't want to find out. So as soon as he saw the keys in my hand and then asked me that stupid question, (laughs) I figured, aha, (laughs) you know, um, yeah, he turned around and just walked away. So then I went back inside the hotel and said, hey, there's somebody lurking around out in your parking lot. You might want to check that out. Um, okay, so taxi, traveling with your money, walking mm-hmm. up to you with the keys. I got a list here. Um, okay. <laughs> all right, so your room key. They used to, when you first went in to check in, they would tell you, oh, you're in room 204. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'm like, Great, you just hold the whole, you know, yeah, the whole room here. What room I'm in? They don't do that anymore. Nowadays, they should just give you your room key, have it folded over. Here you go, Miss Anderson. Um, you know, that's your room right there, yeah. and have a good stay. If they announce your room, make them put you in another room. You know, you don't want everybody knowing what room you're in, especially if you're traveling alone. Okay, but what if it's the penthouse? Yeah. <laughs> then then enjoy yourself. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I traveled for work one time and I was meeting up with some of the other women from work. And this one used to like to stay at the hotel uh, bar after work. And she'd yeah, be like, huh. she, she would, <laughs> she'd be like, come have a drink with me. You know, let's go to dinner, but let's have a drink first. First of all, I'm not a big drinker, but she was so desperate for company. I was like, okay, I'll just, I'll have one drink, you know, and then I'm going to my room. I have to finish some work. So I really was just going to go read, but you know. Yeah. (laughs) So we go. How many before she was dancing on the table? (laughs) I don't know. I left before then. (laughs) Okay. So we go down and um, she's a very, she was a very friendly, chatty person. Okay. Let me put it that way first. Mm -hmm. So we're having the drink. I'm done with my drink and I want to go. She's like, no, stay, stay, have another drink. I'm like, no, look, I got to go. She says, okay, well, I'm just going to stay and have one more drink before I go. I'm like, okay, fine. You know, see you tomorrow. So I go up to my room the next day. I, you know, I meet up with her for breakfast and she tells me she met somebody at the bar and wouldn't you know what? He's from the same town as her in Florida he lives there too. And he's traveling for business. He was there at a convention. He's traveling for business, but he's going to look her up when they get back home because they just hit it off so well. Mm. So I'm like, okay, first of all, you don't know where these, you don't even know if they're staying at the hotel just because they're drinking in the bar. Doesn't mean they're staying at the hotel. That's number one. Anything he told you, you were drinking. You don't know. Then she says to me, yeah, the bar was closing and we hadn't finished our drinks. So I invited him to come up to my room. She said, you know, he came up, but he got aggressive. So I'm thinking, oh, shit, right? Yeah. She says, yeah. She goes, um, Devin, he, he just, he didn't want to leave. 
she said, he, I don't know, he got real aggressive and he didn't want to leave my room. And, and I'm thinking, you are such a total idiot inviting some strange guy up to your, he could have killed her. Yeah. I wouldn't have known till the next day, you know, he could have raped her, killed her, whatever. And she's like, yeah, I had trouble getting him out of my room. I practically had to push him out. I'm thinking, don't don't invite strange guys up yeah. to your room, especially when you met at the freaking bar. And she's like, but no, from no. the same town. You don't yeah, understand. the same town, the same town. I'm thinking to myself, who mentioned the name of the town first? Did he say, hey, guess what? I'm from Tampa, Florida. Or did she say, oh, yeah, I'm from Tampa. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I'm from Tampa, too. You know, <laughs> he, he said, it's funny how we like the same things after you say what it is you like. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So just, you know, if you're going to be chatty, fine. Don't invite people up to your room, especially strangers you meet at a bar after drinking. Um, just really don't. It's it's not a good safety uh, thing to do. Well, what was the point of uh, why invite them up to the, to the room to begin with? Oh, I mean, they were going to finish their drink. They hadn't finished drinking. Okay, look, I, I'm not defending the guy. Obviously, the guy sounds like a real creep. But if a woman invites me up to her room... Right. We're having a few drinks in a bar and she's like, yep. hey, you want to come up to my room? To me, you're basically saying you want to have sex. Pretty much. I think that's what he was thinking. But, you know, she wasn't thinking right. that. So if you go up there and she's like, no, I really just wanted to finish the drink. I'm like, yeah, we could have done that down in a bar. Yeah. Why do you make me walk up here? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Right. I mean, I, I, like I said, I'm not defending the guy, but I do understand why he yeah, probably I, thought they were going to sleep together. I mean, hey, I understand too, and I understand why he was like a little hesitant to leave her room when he figured he had an invitation. You know, right? Because he's probably thinking, okay, what did I do wrong? Did I, you know, I, she invited me up here, so she wanted to have sex. So why are we not having sex right now? I don't want to. Yeah. Understand. Like, so you know, he's probably going through his head like you know, he shouldn't have gotten aggressive though, and he shouldn't have. Yeah, yeah, but you know, who knows? He might have thought, "Oh, is this we're playing a game now? You know, is this what we're playing?" You know, who knows? Yeah. Who knows what he thought? But yeah, she finally got him out of her room, but I'm thinking, oh, "Idiot," you know. And you know, funny enough, we never saw him again. He he wasn't staying at the hotel. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's across town at another hotel bar. He's like, "Yeah, I'm I'm from that area too." So, so here's another Going to someone else's room, bad idea. I So I'm working, right? And I'm on the computer and I have a guy on my team calls me in my room and he says, listen, I'm having trouble with my laptop and I'm having technical difficulties. I need you to come to my room right now and help me fix this. And first of all, he wasn't my boss. And second of all, I didn't give a crap what his problem was. I was not going to his room late at night right. and he, he wasn't going to boss me around. So yeah. I was like, no, I'm not coming to your room. He's like, I'm trying to do this for the client and I can't get access and I'm having technical difficulties. You're the technical person. I need you to come to my, no, just no, not doing it. Uh, you know, you don't have to give him an excuse. You just tell him, no, don't go to somebody's room. I don't even care if it's like dinner time, you, you know, unless it's your idea. I didn't yeah. know this person that well. He was on the team, but so what, you know? So, yeah, yeah, don't go to somebody else's room, especially if they're demanding you go right now. Yeah. So, um, okay. Another thing, and this is mainly for touristy stuff. If you're walking and you have a camera, um, Okay, so my daughter went on a trip the one time and they told them, take your camera and wrap the strap around your wrist mm -hmm. so that this way, if somebody grabs your camera, they can't get it. I told her, don't do that. First of all, don't take a real expensive camera on a trip unless you're a professional photographer, okay? Yeah. Um, and second of all, if you wrap it around your wrist, they're going to drag you, you know? Yeah. They'll, they'll grab that camera if they aren't going to cut the strap, they're just going to drag you till you let go. So just don't do that. Let them have the camera. It's not worth your life. It's not worth them dragging you down the street, you know, on a mm -hmm. motorcycle or whatever. So um, don't do that. Yeah. Um, if you're going to leave your room and go somewhere, especially if you're going to go with like some guy you met at the bar, let people <laughs> know where you're going, you know, let people know where you are, who you're with, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, when you're in an elevator, 
by yourself and somebody gets in, a guy, and you're getting ready to get off um, the elevator at your floor and he just happens to be getting off the same floor as you and he's walking real close right behind you, don't go to your room. Don't pull out your key, go to your room, especially if he's walking like right behind you. You don't know where he's going. Uh, He could be following you to your room to push you in there and and rob you. You don't know. So what I would do is I would stop, pretend I left something down at the front desk, turn around, go back to the elevator. Let him go in his room first, then go to your room. Don't ever, if you've got people behind you, that's the other thing is a lot of times people have intuition about things and they ignore it. Don't ignore your intuition. If, If you think that there's a problem, there's a problem. If you yeah, think there always, might, yeah. Always listen to your gut. Always listen to your gut. You know, yeah. sometimes you think, oh, that's just silly. I'm just, you know, I'm just nervous because I'm alone or, you know, there's. You there's talk yourself out of it. You do, but don't do yeah. that. Listen to your intuition because right. rather be embarrassed than dead or robbed or raped, you know, just yeah. go ahead and listen to your intuition. Um, answer in your door. Just because they say they're hotel maintenance doesn't mean they really are. So if I have an unexpected visitor at my door, like I don't call and say, oh, my TV's not working or whatever. I just have a knock at the door. A guy says maintenance. I don't go open the door. I tell him, wait a minute. I call the front desk and I say, did you send maintenance up to my room? You know, just just check. Just use your intuition and check. And then, of course, look out the peephole. But you know, you can't really tell much from that. But yeah, if you have unexpected people, sign, you know, showing up at your room, ask the front desk if they sent them. What if it's like Candy Graham? Yeah. yeah. Land shark. <laughs> um, okay. So locking your door. Um, just be real careful when you're locking your door. I know people think that those, you know, two little locks should be enough to keep people from breaking in. But let me tell you something. I've broken into a hotel room before. Um, I had one of my kids asleep. He locked the door. He put the, um, you know, that little bar thing that you put on there so that nobody can get in. Um, I was able to break through that using my, my key card. So, um, if you're really worried, put a chair in front of your doorknob and this way you just really make sure nobody can break in. If you're a woman traveling alone, especially, you know, this just, if they have a house key so that, and first of all, those, those housekeepers have a key to get in every single room, mm-hmm. the maintenance people do too. If you're nervous, double lock it, but put a chair in front of it, wedge the chair in there so that they really can't get in your room because I have been able to break into hotel rooms just using my key card. Um, if you're on a lower floor um, and you have those curtains, you know, um, mm-hmm. Sometimes people can see through those curtains, through the little crack in the curtain or whatever. Bring metal okay, look, clips. I was only looking for somebody, <laughs> all right? I wasn't peeping at anybody. No, remember, <laughs> okay, remember the story about um, Stephen Stainer's brother? I think his name was Chris, Chris or Corey Stainer. He ended up killing three women in, I don't know, Yellowstone National Park, I think. And one of the ways he kind of identified his victims was yeah. as he walked past their hotel room, he was able to see a little in the crack in the curtain. He could see that these women were alone. Yeah. He could see everything they were doing, getting dressed, undressed, everything. And so he kind of chose them as his victims because he knew they were alone. He knew that she had two young girls with her. Um, oh, I know that story. Yeah. Yeah. So I bring metal, you know, those binder clips with you. You can take those binder clips and you can make sure your curtain stays over the entire window and there's no crack in the curtain. Somebody could peek in. Now, if you're on the sixth floor, you know, of course, it doesn't matter as much. But if you're on the Mm -hmm. first or second floor, you know, especially first floor, you know, you want to make sure your curtains are are totally blocking the room so nobody can look in and see that, oh, she's asleep in bed or, you know, she's getting ready for bed. She's in her pajamas. Which brings me to another thing. Sorry, I have a lot about this. Um, dressing for bed. OK, We're I know, <laughs> yeah. you know, 
people dress comfortably in hotels and I get that, you know, you want to dress in your nightgown or whatever, but have clothes nearby that you can slip on pretty easily. Mm-hmm. I've been in a hotel where at 2 a.m. the fire alarm went off yeah. and you, you had to dress quick and get the heck out. Okay. And you don't want to be rum, rummaging around at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. in the morning looking for clothes to put on while the alarm bell's going off um, and people are banging on the door saying, get out, get out, get out, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so I always, if I'm not already wearing like shorts and a T-shirt for bed, you know, like not just pajamas and have a coat nearby if you're in a like cold place at the time. Yeah. Um, just have clothes nearby that you can slip on and off easily just in case. Um, yeah, that time I, it's funny cause I left my purse in the room, but I took my key and I took my laptop with me. So I'm there. I am walking down the stairs thinking the hotel's on fire, but I got my laptop. So yeah, you just, you don't always think uh, straight during an emergency. So just be prepared. <laughs> so I guess it wasn't really a fire though because you know well what ended up happening was someone had like done popcorn in their kitchen or something and had set fire to the microwave oh, and so the, yeah there was a fire but it wasn't on my floor but because of the smoke and everything they made everybody leave until the fire department could clear mm-hmm. the place so you know so um that kind of winds up pretty much everything I was going to say, I think. Just, you know, be smart. Um, just as much as possible, protect yourself. Don't tell strangers where you're staying, what room you're staying in. You know, just be vague. Uh, pretend you're an international jewel thief and, the, and you don't want to give away too much information, you know. Um, you can be friendly without telling them your life story. And um, just protect yourself. and. Believe your intuition. Don't think, oh, I'm just being paranoid because I'm alone. No, trust your instincts. It will save you. Believe me. You know what I do when I'm traveling and I think like I'm being watched, like someone wants to rob me or something? Yeah. I I rent a room. I lock the door. I climb out the window and I go across the street to another hotel and I get a room there. (laughs) Are you a spy? (laughs) (laughs) No, but isn't that a great idea? Because then they don't even know where you are, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Unless they're waiting for you outside your window. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. That is a a problem. All right. I I work on that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Or another thing I do is if someone knocks on the door and they go, maintenance, I go, wait a minute, I'm maintenance. Where were you? (laughs) Oh, one other thing. Those maids, I've worked in hotels before. Those maids go through your shit when you're not there. Oh, yeah, I know. And they leave the door open between the rooms. If they're doing your room and a room across the hall, they've propped Mm -hmm. those doors open. So anybody walking up and down the the aisle there the hotel floor can sneak in your room and grab something so don't leave your stuff laying around right i always first of all i bring suitcases that i lock if i'm leaving stuff in my room i'm locking it in the suitcase so that she can't go through the suitcase and look through my stuff and nobody just walking in would just you know steal like a laptop or your watch or whatever you have left laying around there so just protect your stuff too Protect yeah. yourself, but protect your stuff. Okay, good tips. I like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I guess that's it for this episode, huh? Four, <laughs> five, six? <laughs> Eight, nine, ten. All right, uh, let's wrap it up. This has been an episode of Dumb Stupid Talking with Lucas Shea and... Oh, Devin Shea. Great, there we go. <laughs> there we go.